you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun, episode 68, Angels and Rat Kings. We're in the middle of Operation Get Festive, our annual celebration of all things holiday-related, which you can follow on Twitter at hashtag RJGetFestive. In the meantime, enjoy the show. I'm Rosie. I'm Jessica. And you're listening to Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. Hello. Hello. Welcome, new two Bossy Dames listeners. Hi, everyone. Hello and welcome. Thank you very much for listening. If this is your first new episode, we're absolutely thrilled to have you on board the Good Ship Day of Fun. That's a terrible name for a ship. If you had a boat, what would you call it? Uh, oh, God, I wish you'd given me time to prepare. <laughs> Now it's just going to be something tedious like Deborah. No offence to any Deborahs listening, but not a great name for a boat. Did you know there are a lot of rules about what you can call your racehorse? It has to be under five syllables and it has to be under 18 characters. Yes, and it can't be the same as a current living racehorse and it can't be the same as a dead famous racehorse. As in a a famous racehorse who's dead, not like a dead famous. Oh, that's a dead famous racehorse. It's like totes famous, that racehorse. So you can't have Shergar. Or Red Rum. Did Shergar go missing as well? I don't know why we're doing this. I mean, I was at the bus stop yesterday, no, Friday, really dwelling on the fact that I told you that DDT caused myxomatosis. (laughs) I was like, that's just not right at all. And it really, I was standing there thinking, you're an idiot and you should never be allowed to speak again. They are completely separate. Why did I think that myxomatosis? (laughs) I tried to claim that um, Steve Austin was Steve Irwin. No, I didn't try and claim it. Wait, as in Stone Cold Steve Austin? (laughs) That guy, you know, the one with the, the crocodile hunter and then he got stabbed by the stingray and then he died. What was, who was that? And I went, Steve Austin. Oh, no, no, wait, that's not right. <laughs> Steve Irwin. Yeah. Um, he was and then killed he by giant to... haystacks. But oh, if he had been stabbed by a stingray, then at least they could have rebuilt him. Yeah, this has taken a turn already. Anyway, welcome. I would like a, a narrowboat called the Ruby Woo. I think that would be cool. That's great. Wait, see, I got distracted. I could have been using all that time. Can you call a boat make some mitosis? I don't see why not. It's a bit cruel, isn't it? Mixomatosis is a great name for a racehorse. It is, actually. Oh, Jessica. Okay, uh, what we actually did was we guest-edited the Two Bossy Dames newsletter because we're trying to get people into our racehorse syndicate. So if you <laughs> would like to part-own a British racehorse called Mixomatosis, please send us... I'll set up a PayPal. The wire of my microphone is incredibly tangled, so I'm slightly being pulled towards my laptop. You know what? I'll solve that. I'll bring my laptop close to my head. Well, Jessica, as you know, because you were there, we had not just a day of fun, not just a day and a night of fun, two days and one night of fun, because we had a sleepover. Yeah, I mean, I was asleep for most of the night, but... Yeah, we didn't have an all-night rave. No, you were sleeping in the living room. Oh, I'd like to say, I have not gone mad. The reason I kept thinking that light was broken was because it's on a timer. So every time um, yeah. I would go and switch it on, it would be when the timer was off, and like, and it wasn't that you just have magic hands. Yeah, so we had a sleepover. Two reasons. One. One, Supergirl. Two, pizza. Duh. Three, planning the last month of podcast programming. But mainly Supergirl and pizza. Oh, I Supergirl is really good. Oh, yes. I mean, don't concentrate on the food, Rosie. Oh, yes. Supergirl. That pizza is excellent. Some girls got on the bus yesterday with Domino's. I was like... Good work. I was not feeling brilliant yesterday and considered ordering a Domino's. The next day, however, I had pizza for both supper and lunch in not that order. And <laughs> it, it was, you shouldn't eat pizza for your main meals, three meals running. I've had real breakfast. But I say real breakfast, I'm eating honey nut. Anyway, 
How did you manage to get a pizza to last you three meals? Um, because I had five for dinner when we were having our sleepover, and that was too many. Then I had three for lunch and two for dinner the next day. Okay. Turns out I have a small pizza appetite, but mine, of course, was loaded down with meats. Supergirl! Oh, Lord. I had videoed it for me, but also for Jessica. Videoed? You're so old school. I put it on my DVR using Series Link. On my TiVo. Even TiVo is an outdated term. Uh, I'd set up my laser discs. Anyway, we had watched the first four episodes of the new Supergirl series that I had videoed from Sky One. They're not giving us any money, but if they'd like to, I will accept the Murdoch dollar. If Sky would like to sponsor the podcast, please contact us through the website. And we watched the first four episodes of Supergirl, the new CBS series, and Uh, Supergirl enjoyed it. Doesn't work. It's great fun. It's really good. Like, it's really good. It's really good. It's quite Whedon-esque, we were saying. Yeah, it has sort of the pop culture references and it's got enough moments of... I mean, it's it's not dark, generally, but it's... It's interspersed. It's a good mix of sort of sock power action and, ooh, is this going to work? And how are we going to f- defeat the baddie? And yay, fun stuff! I do not need a gritty superhero, but no. I do need a superhero who sells her sister, don't you dare watch Homeland before I'm back as she flies out of the window. Yes. That is what I need. You know what I like? Uh, the sun comes out. Yes. There is actual sunshine. What is that dreadful name for the city? National City? National City, that is pretty much the only bad thing I have to say about it. When they introduced the name of the city in, in like the first three minutes, we did look at each other and go, I'm sorry, what? But to be fair to the people who run the show, they inherited that. That was not their choice. So, um, yeah, that's we really can't Hey, we've the, got uh... this city. Where is it? Oh, it's in a nation. What should we call it? Na- nation? Na- national? Anyway. <laughs> but it's it's really fun. You can sum up the whole show in her outfit. Because she's wearing the kind of classic Supergirl outfit, and she's got a little skirt on, and it's sort of fun and cute and attractive, but it's not like, oh, hey, I'm in a little skirt. And she kicks butt, and when she first starts fighting crime, you point out she's wearing adorable red boots and socks. Yeah, they show the genesis of her costume. So she appears at first in, like, shorts and a kind of leotard-type top, and goes, I really don't think I can wear this, and walks immediately back into her room. Then appears in the skirt and the top, and uh, yeah, you see her marching towards bank robbery, wearing cute little red, like almost Doc Martens, but they look like they're jelly shoes, and she's got matching red socks on. And then so each sort of scene of that little montage, she's, she gets closer and closer to the, the finished ensemble. One of the things we talked about when we were watching is that the relationship between Kara, Supergirl, and Alex, her human adopted sister, foster sister. Very Anna and Elsa-like. Very Anna and Elsa. Alex is very Elsa, very calm, very serious. And then Kara is kind of klutzy, funny, adorable. The person who I think we liked the most, I mean, obviously we loved Supergirl, but a real standout for us, I think it's fair to say, was Miss Callista Flockhart as Cat Grant, yep. her boss. Now, Jessica, obviously we have history with Callista Flockhart, yeah, she's Ali McBeal, so I'm not. I'm not going to say she gets a free pass automatically because that would be ridiculous. But um, already, I'm like, I hope she's good. Uh, I was really worried when she turned up that she was going to be a bit Miranda Priestly, mm. um, just cringy. Like the Devil Wears Prada, it's it's fine, but I've watched it once and that's enough. And also, the Miranda Priestly fits fine in that film, but when they try and superimpose it, it's kind of like this is what all lady bosses are like. Not so much, thank you. Well, yeah, so I was concerned that it was going to be just kind of cringy, just mean. But she's not at all. She's quite hard, but she's still fun. And she had probably the best line of the first four episodes, which is as she is in a lift and Kari <laughs> uses her super hearing to hear her say, drunk before 9am, I'm never having breakfast with Ruth Bader Ginsburg again. 
Hilarious. I laughed so much. Notorious RBG. And I think that's quite an early bit. And you kind of like, oh, this is the kind of program I'm watching. Great. So I think Supergirl, we can say, gets an enthusiastic four Four thumbs thumbs up. Thumbs thumbs up. Thumbs ups. Thumbs up. Ketchup? Ketchup. I was saying balloons. I don't really watch The Simpsons. I'm certainly not one of the people who can... (laughs) quote everything but maybe once a week often to myself around the house I'll find myself saying I was saying balloons <laughs> so that's an insight into my mind once I was in a play called Squirrel Party and every performance my friend Luke as Gary the Party Squirrel had to say a new celebrity name and it, I can't remember who it was in the script but to keep it fresh over the course of the fringe he used to say new ones every day and the day he said Hans Molman. I just completely lost it on stage. I had to go and stand directly behind my friend Giles, who was also in the play, so I was just entirely masked by him because I was laughing so hard. I think that was the final performance. Balloons. Constant professional. Yes. Rosie, why are you not a professional actress? I went to an exhibition last week in Brick Lane called Dressed by Angels. Angels being the name of the costume house. Not the celestial being. Not celestial beings, that'd be weird. Um, Why do I think that the angels sing the song from Close Encounters of the Third Kind? (laughs) I'm so sorry, please continue. You're there with your mashed potato. Um, Anyway, so it's it's an exhibition of costumes from theatre and film and TV and a little bit of fancy dress because they've gone to that in the last few years they've been going uh, 150 years so they had some sort of period stuff to start it off and an explanation of how the company had started and they had things from kind of old hollywood and it was it was very fun to play spot the movie from across the room so i spotted the lodger from uh, the alfred hitchcock with his scarf over his face over novello his, i believe hat and his long cloak and they had centrinians were very easy to spot was that the original centrinians or the model yeah one? it was bells of centrinians no, so they were sort of the long gym slip type things with um, little belts tied around they had one of the, the big blue beaded frocks from Miss, mrs henderson presents then they had some theatrical stuff they had some of the oz characters from wicked things from private lives from the original private lives actually i think one of them was a a reproduction of one of the outfits because it had not survived because it was never washed as it turned out well that's you out of a job in the past (laughs) they don't necessarily make things they they have a costume store so they subcontract their making so they rent out a lot of things so there are things like they will do all of or most of the extras for things like saving private ryan they'll just got they've got a massive warehouse full of military stuff of different periods and different countries and different regiments and things and i saw margot ledbetter's frock that's so weird. I'm just looking at a screenshot of Margot Ledbetter that's on my desktop. Odd. Which frock? It was a sort of pinky peachy day dress with, I think it had cream trim on it and it comes with a hat and she's been to see Mrs. Dooms Patterson. Turns out that the do- that the fleas have come from Mrs. Dooms Patterson's dog, not the goods animal. So actually the fact that the goods have fleas is, it turns out to be Margot's fault and she's mortified. And Captain Mannering's outfit was there and they had the uh, the Batman and Robin. Not from Batman and Robin. From, only, from f- only Fools and Horses. There's a brilliant game you can play, as you are saying, with the Saving Private Ryan. I've seen blog posts about this. There are uh, some costumes based in the sort of Regency Jordan period, and you can see them across various Jane Austen adaptations. And so something you might see on one of the Bennett sisters, you'll see in the background of a ball and something else, although Fanny Price will turn up in it. Yeah, spot the frock. Mm. Sometimes they're real vintage dresses i suppose not so much from the georgian period because they'd just be a bit too fragile but they it does happen or there'll be reproductions of things they'll say yes and say well this is this like i've seen both of those things i never noticed Mm -hmm. 
And then there are other occasions when, good old IMDb trivia, they'll say, Sensei was wearing this frock from this era and it was so delicate it had to be sewn back together by the wardrobe mistress after every taking this thing. I think that's the moment at which you stop wearing it and somebody makes a reproduction. Yeah. If you're going to destroy it up to the point at which it needs to be sewn back together every four minutes, I think maybe maybe we should take a different route. How long is this exhibition on for? Can our patrons uh, Until, listeners... yes, if you are in London, uh, it is on until January, I believe. We'll post uh, info in the show notes. Jessica, what's your song this week? My song this week is Young Blood by Sophie Ellis-Bexter from her 2014 album Thunderlust. I have heard really great things about that. I wanted to go and see her on tour, but I wasn't well enough because she was on Women's Hour talking about it. Jolly good. Okay, cool. I mean, usually you do the facts, but instead I brought a Women's Hour appearance. <laughs> That's all right. Top fives! Top fives. We enjoyed Callista Flockhart's performance as Cat Grant quite so much that we thought we would today bring you our top five fictional bosses, places... Well, no, it's not actually places where you'd like to work, because I was looking around my room for inspiration, and I saw my Dwight Schrute bobblehead, and I thought, well, I love The Office, and I love a lot of the people that work in The Office, but boy, do I not want to work for Michael Scott. It, yeah, it's people you want to work for, not places you want to work. Absolutely. Well, it's number 68, so it's my turn to go first. It is. It's odd, odd week. It's an odd week. It's an even week. That's how numbers work. <laughs> Yeah, but it meant I got to say odd week. I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. Carry on. Number one. And this was the first one I came up with. I'm quite the most obvious. Captain Holt. Correct. Uh, who's the head of the 9-9 in Brooklyn 9-9. Uh, we're opening a book on how many overlaps we think we'll have. Yeah, I'm going for... Uh, actually, I'm only going for two. I'm going for two as well. Okay. I mean, and I think they're going to be number one and two. So Captain Holt. Captain Raymond Holt from Brooklyn 9-9. Oh, what a great boss, but also what an amazing man. I love Andre Brown's performance so much. I think he's genuinely giving my favourite performance on current television. He's so funny and so deadpan. I saw a little description, and I can't remember for the life of me where I saw it, but it said, if you don't think that Andre Brower can possibly lead a comedy, just look at this link. And it was an eight-second clip of when Amy was late to work and they were clearly running a book on what her weird excuse would be. And she goes, there was trouble at the bank? And uh, Captain Holt shouts, hot damn! <laughs> and it's really funny. <laughs> also, two words, one of which is hyphenated, hula hooping classes. Yes, because no one will ever believe you. Number two. Number two. Leslie Nope. Leslie Nope. Why would you not want to work for her? This is, a, you know, an example of... Obviously, I love Parks and Recreation. I would love to hang out with Leslie Nope and Amy Poehler. But mainly, imagine having her as your boss. You would think you could do anything. and You wouldn't just think you could do it. You could do anything. I mean, she's a lunatic, but you just but get in the so best much possible done. way. Yeah, you, you just feel so supported. Your one-to-ones would be amazing. I assume other people have one-to-ones. It's what I had when I worked in an office. Jessica's never worked in an office. so I've never had one, but I've never worked in an office. So Well done, you. Keep that up. Number three. Thank you. Number three. Okay, so I've put President Bartlett, but I kind of feel like the president is technically everybody's boss. So it's probably more likely Leo McGarry from the West Wing. We're obviously in this little fictional universe. Because I just think that as a team, the people on the West Wing that we care about, the Leos, the Sams, the Joshes, the CJs, the Donners, the President Bartlett's. Oh, what a great team that would be to be part of. And yeah, I mean, the President's kind of a boss, but then Leo's probably, I just want to, well, I just want to be there. And you'd get to walk and talk all the time, and I love talking, and I could learn to love walking. <laughs> and you get to pardon turkeys if you're CJ. Jessica, I love the West Wing. I haven't I watched it in so long. I haven't I watched know. it since I watched the final, the same night I ended up in hospital, because... 
they kind of become conflated in my mind. Maybe it's closure. Maybe that's what you need. You need just need to work your way all the way through the West Wing. <laughs> and then I'll be well. You'll be cured. I don't think that's how it works. Number four. No, it's definitely how it works. Number four. Jack Donaghy. Not Liz Lemon. She'll be a terrible boss. I mean, she spends all her time looking after Jenna and Tracy, Tracy, Morgan, Jordan. Tracy Morgan Jordan. And everyone you work with would be madness. But Jack Donaghy is your mentor would be great you'd never not wear a tuxedo after six <laughs> that is true it's very smart mm. what am i a farmer why does no one dress for dinner anymore well, anyway I, I dress for dinner but i dress in my pajamas number five number five bertie worcester because if bertie worcester was my boss i would be jeeves and i would have no problems i like the way you've, you've gone to this yeah i mean a different approach to the rest of the list but that is a great boss employee relationship According to the internet, it goes deeper than that, but no thank you. Jessica, your top five, swiftly. My, my top five. Okay, number one, let's just get it out of the way, Captain Holt. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to also, I mean, we've he's been covered, but I would like to also reference the moment in an episode of season two where he just sort of goes into a Shakespearean monologue at the bar. And if you cut out Hitchcock and Sully, it's an entirely different show. And you're watching like a really serious play and it's amazing. <laughs> And he like that like just crushes the entire episode. It's brilliant. So yeah, Captain Holt we love and we've we've spoken about many times. Number two, I've put Ron Swanson. Intriguing. Intriguing, yeah, because I figure like he's he's the boss of the Parks and Rec department. Okay. But I mean I would say Leslie Line manages so, people. Thing is, yeah. I do think you would rather work for Ron and I would rather work for Leslie. Just putting it out there. Because yeah, well I suppose like if you look at April You're April an April works. and I'm, I'm a April. Tom Hatherford. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Also, you're a known libertarian. <laughs> just like to make it very clear, Jessica's not a libertarian. I have never given a child a landmine, a souvenir landmine, because I wanted it back. Her mother made me give it back. Ron sort of is very taciturn and has the look of the fact that he doesn't want to do any work. And he doesn't want to do any work, but not in a lazy way, in a like defeat the government from within sort of way. I've got better things on my agenda kind of way. Uh, but he's very kind and he really does care about everyone in his department, even if he refuses wholeheartedly to ever show it um and like he paid for andy to go to college and stuff and it was really cool. and the glee on his face when he gets to do the valentine's treasure hunt that's it that's the treasure hunt because my brain was going gingerbread house but that's what they made for leslie oh but he he was the one that came up with the idea of the gingerbread house even though it turns out he's rubbish at gingerbread and it's delightful right number three isaac jaffe from sports night it's interesting that both of us have gone brooklyn 99 parks and recreation aaron sorkin sorkin yeah he is uh, in charge of the of the whole show. Dana sort of runs it, but he's he's the boss. He's the Jack Donahue to Hurley's Lemon. He is, yeah, yeah. And he's he's like good and right and everyone loves him. And he's sort of fatherly but in a stern manner. If you are not familiar with him, YouTube Isaac Jaffe and the Six Southern Gentlemen of Tennessee. It's a speech that he gives on air. Uh, and it's very good. And if you edit out Hitchcock and Sally from the clip then you're not watching a Shakespearean play. Number four is General Waverley from White Christmas. I watched a bit of that yesterday. I turned on the television just in time to watch the second performance of the sisters routine and laughed like an absolute drain. Did you know that that take is the best take they could get without them laughing? And you can see them laughing in it. Excellent. I love things like that. Yeah, General Waverley is, uh, well, they'll they'll follow the old man wherever he will go, which says it all, really. Maybe that's something to aspire to, to be to, to not just to work for that person, but to be the person who people put on a secret show for, and you have to walk Danny Kay around the barn with a pretend, the worst pretend broken leg in the history of the world. Yeah, he looks like he's just got cramp. 
<laughs> because he just walks with his legs sticking out to the side. It's hysterical. I think I could just walk it off. <laughs> uh, yeah, excellent. And number five, Gibbs from NCIS. Oh, but yeah, great. I hadn't even considered that. I mean, you'd maybe want to wear a hard hat four yeah. times he slaps you on the back of the head. Yeah, but in a caring way? Not really. But he does care. And again, he's like gruff and... Uh, yeah, but not to Abby. Well, no. Oh, you'd be the Abby. Yeah. There's a... I'm going to psychoanalyze you based on your top five. <laughs> um, on Honourable mentions. Honourable mentions. Good jingle, that crazy. I've only got one. Well, I've got one. Um, one of them's a bit rubbish. Uh, Ned, the pie maker. I did consider it. Because you get to make pies all day. I'm hanging around with Lee Pace, yeah. am I right? But he's a very calm person surrounded by madness. And, he, you know, he, he, he steers a tight pie ship. That's true. Actually, he he does run a very good business, even though it often takes a backseat to the crime fighting and the whole waking the dead thing. Yeah. A, a backseat um, in terms of narrative and story, not in terms of his life. No. For my honourable mentions, I have three. I have... There's a lot of police work going on here. I have Mac Taylor from CSI NY. I couldn't quite decide between him and Gibbs, and then I thought, well, it's got to be Gibbs, really, doesn't it? Because yeah. Because that edges out from sort of a, a favoured character and favoured show, even though Mac is a little bit more jolly than Gibbs. <laughs> and I think possibly it'll be slightly lighter, but then it's just a slightly different setup. Um, I've also got Detective Lasseter from Psych. Stick with me. If you watch the first series of Psych, you think, what a ridiculous character. Like, why do you ever want to work for this person? Because he's there for consistent, mild antagonism and a bit of comic relief. I mean, not that Psych needs comic relief, but, you know. Lampoonery. But by season eight, which you've watched, and this does contain spoilers if you haven't seen Psych before, he does become chief of police that he's wanted for ages. And you can really see how he's grown as a character. I think it's really interesting. And I think actually he would be very good to work for. Um, I also have Mr. Lowenstein, who is in charge of the women's baseball league of the sorry the all-american girls baseball league yeah see now i'm only thinking of two things one tom hanks being told he had to write in pencil because he wasn't allowed to sharp objects and two <laughs> the phrase what's a bogey lowenstein <laughs> neither of those are helpful neither of those uh, are helpful yeah well it's not mr hershey is it what's the name of the no it's mr hershey it's mr hershey well you wouldn't want to work for mr hershey because he doesn't really care he's just there because it's He's just—he's the owner, really. He's the big boss. He's not really interested. But he gives the league to Mr. Lowenstein at the end because he says, "Okay, you—you you really care. You can carry this league on. Let's keep going." Because he was going to close the league down when the when the season ended. He doesn't, and he wouldn't want to work with Jimmy because well, he's—he's he's not really a boss. He's just sort of a—he's more of a, a coach slash imbecile. Oh, slash useless. Well, yeah. he's not useless from a baseball point of view, but you wouldn't want to work for him. And that's my uh, fictional boss's top five. Yes. Oh, I thought of another one. Go on then. Sally from Dear Enemy. Yes. Sally, Sally McBride. She takes over the orphanage from Mrs. Lippitt and turns it into an amazing... I say orphanage, they obviously always refer to it as an asylum. Those were the days. What? Asylum as in place of refuge, not asylum as in... As in... them. Yeah. I don't know why I think ghosts live in an asylum. <laughs> uh, and turns it into a lovely and pleasant place for children to live and they don't all have to wear brown gingham. Fair enough. Yeah. What's your song, Rosie? My song is... Oh my god, I can't read my writing. Is At least it was here... The eight eight. I've only just found out the name and the person, the the, the artist. It's the theme tune to the program Community, which I hope my neighbours like as much as I do, because uh, they'll have heard it twelve times yesterday because I watched a lot of Community, and I don't like the episodes where they do the cut down version of 
the theme tune because then you miss out the verse which is the best bit like when they've got too much content like when you don't get the long version of um when you don't get a tall on new girl because they've changed the credits but what, yeah, what is up with that what's your snack my snack is apple turnovers. Ooh, mine is mini Yule logs, which are basically mini rolls, except they've got chocolate filling and icing sugar on them. Lovely. I had one just before we started recording and like blah, 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 crammed it in my face. That sounds delightful. Yeah, it was a beautiful scene. Needle and fed! Needle and fed! Spoiler alert! <gasps> I have no needle and fed. What the? Like none. Shut, Shut the, the front, front door. door. Bit weird. Nothing. You're like me with my. Uh... Uh, I haven't knitted my cardigan. Oh, it's raining. <laughs> Sorry, I've just sat up. Well, luckily, Jessica, I have what is known in the business as a butt tan. Amazing. Last Sunday, a week ago today, was Stirrup Sunday. Firstly, I made my annual Stirrup Sunday joke about riding a horse. <laughs> Can't get the traditions out of the way. And then I made my first ever Christmas cake. Of course, I used the only recipe that would make any sense, which was to open St. Delia's Christmas uh, cookery book and used her, her basic Christmas cake recipe. I had not prepared that much because I knew I had roughly the right ingredients in the house. I didn't realise I had to soak the fruit overnight in alcohol, so I did that for a couple of hours. So in the morning, I got up for the recipe. Didn't have any brandy, so soaked it in whiskey instead. And then I thought, was this the worst idea? Luckily, the baking company Stork were having a uh, Whatever that that turkey hotline is, people have for Thanksgiving. They were doing that the butterball hotline. the butterball hotline. They were doing a stir up Sunday hotline on Twitter. You know how I know that, President Bartlett. Thank you, President Bartlett. They, they were doing this a sort of hotline on Twitter, and the people answering the hotline were Louis, Ruth, Richard, and Holly from the Bake Off. And I tweeted at them and said, "Have I made a dreadful error doing it in whiskey?" And they all said, "No, it was a good idea as long as you like whiskey," which I do. And one of my colleagues made her is making her Christmas cake this morning, and she's using whiskey because she always uses it. Yeah, uh, mm. yum yum yum. So I made that. Uh, I soaked it for a couple of hours. Now it says this can take between four and a half and four hour- and three quarter hours to cook. And I was speaking to my aunt, our aunt, earlier in the day, and she said, well, "Just be careful because I use that recipe." And she says not to open the door at all before four hours have passed, and it was actually a little bit overcooked. So I'm a bit worried. So I looked at it at three hours. Not cooked enough. It took five and a half hours to cook, Jessica. <laughs> that is like, you know, too long to cook one fruitcake. But um, it, it did seem all cooked. And then I cooled it and I fed it. So I'm going to feed it again today. Feeding it every week. Where you stick some holes in it and pour whiskey over the top. She tells you to use a darning needle. I used a cocktail stick. Which I thought of just as I was about to plunge one of my nice sock needles into it i don't need to use a dpn i was gonna wash it i'd like to stress i thought uh no i'll get a cocktail stick and i'm gonna decorate it and it looks good so yeah i had to um change around some of the ingredients so i didn't have exactly the right amount of currants or i didn't have quite enough brown sugar so i just made up the numbers with white sugar i didn't have treacle so i used golden syrup you know but it's clearly a christmas cake it's not like i've accidentally made a meringue or a lasagna yeah um, not that woman on Bake Off who said, I'm so random, I'll start making a cake, I'll end up with a meat pie. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. Sandra, um, got to love her. Yeah, I'll just be a, a bit blonde and a bit drunk, so that's fine. As I aspire to be. Uh, aren't we all? Aren't we all? That's on the fed front, knitting. Right, so I finished my mystery knit long. I think I finished the day after the last podcast went out, um, which was to make a little red panda in a karate uniform. I have Bernard. named mine Bernard. 
I was the first person on the little long to finish. Yes. Well done, you. Thank you very much. Did Intarsia for the first time. You see a little multicoloured face. You can see pictures of that on Ravelry. And since then, I have been very much concentrating on my nativity scene. So I, I sent off my check through the post to Women's Weekly for my paper pattern of a knitted nativity scene. Because it is 1978. Because it's 1978 where I live. And, well, I've now made... I'm going to show Jessica. I think she's seen a couple of these online. I've seen Mary and I've seen the Oud Cthulhu Joseph. There they are. The way that you make the beard on the male figures looks a little bit like an Oud or Cthulhu. But you know what? When, the, when you look at it properly, it's clearly a man with a beard and an alien. So that's Mary Oh yeah, I, I mean, it's clearly Joseph, but it did give me the opportunity to tweet. Oh, it looks like Cthulhu. Which I didn't, because I didn't want to be mean. And yet, you sent a tweet to our mother saying that sometimes the second pancake is the worst one about <laughs> <laughs> I found a very rude way to wake up and find that. Anyways, I was joking. Were you now? No. Uh, so that's Mary and Joseph. And as of this morning, I have finished... Me three wise men. <laughs> one in a taxi, one in a car. Okay, oh, I, I know one of the, one of one them has got a needle it's... through his hands. <laughs> it looks like he's holding a sword or possibly a poker. Or oh yeah, now like, now his hands like are he's sort of going like um, um he like he's sort of tapping into the other hand going I mean business. Right, the reason he's doing that is because I haven't quite finished them because I need to get beads. We're meant to get nice glass beads, big ones, to put in their hands to like gifts. And I was just oh, sticking his fun. hands together with the big needle to see what they looked like because his arms were a bit wide open. So I've got my three little wise men all in their crowns. Now I've just got, according to the pattern, just a shepherd. I'm going to make two shepherds because the carol is not while shepherd watched his flocks by night. And I'm going to make an angel as well because Lovely. that's not in the pattern, but pretty easy to, to knock up a bit of Fabergé. I thought this was going to take forever, but, um, you know, we're not even in Advent yet and nearly done on the old nativity. So I'm a bit worried I might go crazy and by the time it gets to Christmas Eve... Everyone's going to be there. The heavenly host. You know, I'll have a disgruntled-looking innkeeper. You can have a whole... Oh, that would be awesome. You'd have a whole choir of angels. And then one with, like, a special hat on to, look, to show that it's, it's Gabriel. And then... Or a little Weasley have... jumper with a G, but with a hole for his wings. No, you could do that. Uh, you could have You could have lots of sheep. You could have different animals that live in the stable. You could have a dog looking at the manger going, that was my manger. I'm going to try and whip up a donkey, but I'm going to have to design the pattern for the donkey. This Can't pattern does hard. not come with many animals. It only comes with sheep. So I would make a couple of sheep. And but I think chickens. You... you could make a chicken. Okay, there are no in all of the representations of the birth of Christ. I've never seen chickens. I've seen lowing cows, yeah, but... donkeys, many a sheep. There are like always chickens kicking about. A comedy dappled down farm type horse. Places. Just some chickens. Yeah, just a head leaning over a half gate. Mice. Some mice. Always. There are always mice in stables. <sighs> I mean, I'm going to knit some Christmas mice, but the pattern is going to be the same size as uh, same size as Mary. the characters, and they're going to look like the Rat King from Dick Whittington's turned up. <laughs> no, that's King Rat. A Rat King that's is very King different. Rat. <laughs> rat Kings are, of course, where you tie the tails of twelve rats together. God's sake, don't knit a Rat King. That's not that's not festive. You can have a lovely Rat King wreath on your front door. Oh my God, I'm going to do that. I'm going to knit a Rat King wreath. God, God, can you imagine if you presented somebody with a knitted Rat King? That is a way to... If you have any friendships you want to kill off, can I suggest <laughs> you give somebody a Rat King for Christmas? I've, I've made you this. <laughs> I've made you this. Oh, it's lovely. They Thank were all you. called Nigel. Now there's just that one. That one's Tony. Tony. Bad Tony. Um, what on earth? Anyway, not... maybe this maybe not, very weird. Not mice. Um, nice angel. Couple of shepherds. They've all got uh, cardboard 
on their in their bases so that they stand up nice and, and flat. Obviously made from a cereal packet. Of course. Is there any craft that's not involved a bit of a cereal packet at some point? Yeah, I think the uh, the, the Blue Peter uh, Golden Retriever is made out of the two-pint milk jugs. Oh, yeah, I mean, a cereal packet. Never a cereal box. A cereal packet, empty tube of washing up liquid. Very useful. Which is clearly fairy, but with the, the, the Tape fairy bit covered. Yeah. logo. Sharpied out, which mm-hmm. is clearly done with a sharpie, but with the uh... the sharpie, it's funny a little <laughs> hoover, but, but, but the sharpies <laughs> and um, sticky back plastic. Ding dong, you, don't really, you don't really use sticky back plastic that much anymore, do you? I haven't used it since I used to cover my school books, no. which I did all the way through sixth form because I was cool. Well done, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What have we seen this week? What, what have, have we seen, seen this week? week? Oh, I forgot to join in. I'm terribly sorry. Well, never mind. You're fired. Lettuce, she's taking over. Yay! I love lettuce. She's awesome. Oh, I'm not. I've I've only just remembered what I've seen this week. I don't think I've even. What have I seen this week? Yes. So we were sent this via one of our listeners, Kaylee at Nimbe. I think that's how you pronounce it. Maybe it's not at all. But she sent us a link to a BuzzFeed article that is entitled "Drop Everything," because it's fat squirrel season. I dropped everything like just the contents of my bag was all over the floor and i was just shouting at my colleagues going oh my god guys this is how i wasn't at all it's fat squirrels i i mean i was a bit concerned because i had not seen fat squirrel for a while then i saw him again he's fine he's fat i thought maybe he'd eaten himself obviously he's not alone it is the season for squirrels to get super tuppy and eat all the turns out tree squirrels don't hibernate so they have to be really fat so they can warm and um, oh, also there's like the food scarcity. I'm really amazing that I'm just giggling like, uh... <laughs> so rotund. <laughs> I'm not editing this out. Is there anything nicer than a grown woman laughing at fat squirrels? Yeah. <laughs> Probably lots of things. Cash prizes. Thank you for joining in, new listeners. Welcome to yeah. the fold. Thanks for sticking with us, old listeners. Yes. You're, Happy you're Thanksgiving, awesome. American listeners, who are now a very large proportion of our listenership. Thank you to Bossy Dames. Thank you to Bossy Dames for asking us to guest edit your newsletter last week. We very much enjoyed the process. It was super fun. And if any of our existing listeners have not read the two Bossy Dames newsletter, maybe look into that. Look into newsletters. Because you should do that, because it's cool. Awesome. Or your first pancake. <laughs> well, out of context, it just sounds mean. Yeah, that's because it's mean. I've never been mean in my life. You're mean to me all the time. You'll be super pleased to hear that I resisted the urge and have not watched Supergirl without you. Yay! Even though I wanted to. You can if you want to. No. Just as long as you don't delete them. I'm going to go have brunch with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Bye, listeners. Bye, Jessica. Bye! To find out more and to read show notes, find links and photos for this and past episodes, you can visit our website at rosieandjessica.co.uk. You can email us at say hello to rosieandjessica at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at the Day of Fun Show. Rosie and Jessica t-shirts are now available. You can shop for all your Day of Fun needs at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash oh my greyhounds.